Hello, hello, everyone. This is Jay Chatfield, and welcome to Loving Yourself to Life, where we have a great guest today. You guys know how I like to go off in the beginning, but I want all of this guest time because she is super amazing. Okay, she reached out to us because she wanted to pour into you guys, and I am going to let her loose. Let me go ahead and uh, it, and introduce her. But always remember, this podcast is, um, I always lose my words here, guys, you already know. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Grace Guidance Production, where we uplift, heal, and inspire you to love to live your life. So come on over, invite your friends over, share, because this is where you get the good stuff. All right. So today we have in our presence an executive and career coach and author of Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. A, she works with high achieving business owners and professionals who are successful but not satisfied to help them increase the overlap between their professional success and personal happiness. Now, what she means by this is that she is that people are paying a high price for their success in terms of stress, burnout, health, and relationship problems. Oh yeah, let her in the building, Terry McDougal. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you here. Um, you know, I don't want to just start out in the just going in. I just I want people to know just a little bit more about you. Can you briefly tell us just your journey on your path to helping others? Yeah, sure. So I actually was uh, a marketer and I worked in the corporate world for 30 years before I became a coach in 2017. I'm also a wife and a mom of three kids. And I suppose that my journey to becoming a helper, if you will, started very young because I'm the oldest daughter of four girls. And so I was the big sister from, you know, age three on when my younger sister was born, my first younger sister was born. And so, you know, I was always the person that was there to sort of help them. And, and then when I got into school, I just, if I grasped a concept that the teacher was um, demonstrating and maybe a classmate didn't, I would jump in and try to like explain it in a way that made sense to me and help other people. and. And then whenever I became, um, you know, came into the workplace, I was always keen on figuring out how to get ahead. I was an ambitious person. And, you know, basically, I think that there's a lot of unwritten rules to how you get ahead at work. And, you know, that's why I called my, my book Winning the Game of Work, because I think most people, when they go to work, they don't really realize, especially in a corporate environment, that it is a game. But the problem is nobody ever teaches you the rules. And so as I was learning, you know, 
better how to get ahead and understand some of the sometimes confusing things that were going on around me, I wanted to share that with other people because I didn't want other people to struggle in the same way that I had struggled. Because, you know, once you kind of see the path forward, you want to share it with other people. And, you know, it just means a lot to me to help people have an easier time than maybe what I had when I was you know, coming up and, and kind of going on my journey. So that's, that's what I'm about. And, um, you know, the, the transition to being a coach, uh, and it's kind of funny, I was in my last corporate job for 12 years at this same company. And I had four different jobs in the time that I was there. Um, I led marketing for several of the businesses at this company. And the last job that I had, I mean, it's a very big company, it's for like 40, 40,000 plus people in the company. So it's huge. Um, and, you know, big companies like that can have some really interesting dynamics. Let's just put it that way. But um, the last job that I was in uh, was not one that I actually applied for or that I wanted. And my boss was like, I really want you to take this job. And I tried to say no as politely as I could, but she was like very insistent that I take this job and it never really was a good fit. And so, I spent a couple of years being unhappy and, you know, I, I finally stepped back and just realized that that wasn't a good fit. I didn't see a lot of great opportunities, you know, beyond where I was within the company. And that just got me thinking, like, what am I good at and what do I like to do? And that's when I arrived at coaching. You know, I, I coached and mentored people on my teams for decades, really. And uh, I decided to get a certification and here I am. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So you seen, so I worked in corporate for about maybe two years prior to that. I had like the taste of it on and off and I just really didn't like it. You said something really that I saw. They want you, you're going to, they don't tell you the rules. Mm -hmm. They, it's like, it's like you're, you're putting there with a whole bunch of, and it's not sharks everywhere with different, I'm going right. to say different sea animals. Yes, that's true. <laughs> there's some mollusks, there's yes. sharks, there's oh some like gosh. little school fish. Yeah, definitely. Oh, the school fish are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep, you know? yep. <laughs> but I had a, I had some dolphins around me. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very hard time, especially when they would say, we're going to turn you corporate. And I'm like, what's turn you corporate? Yeah. And I found out that corporate in this place that I was in, it was a medical company and they thrived on stress, mm, no yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when I wanted to spend time, I had, a, I had my daughter was maybe 17, 18 months. And then I found out I was pregnant. They mm-hmm. took a whole meeting about me. Oh. being pregnant, you know, and, and I was <laughs> like, so you can't be pregnant and in corporate. Well, it takes the edge away. What? Uh, so if I'm coming to you as a, as a person that's in this situation, I need, I need help because they want me to be stressed, but I don't want to be stressed. Right, 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 right. How would you, <laughs> how would you talk to this? Person? Well, first of all, you know, Listen to your own gut. Do not get sucked in. Do not drink the Kool-Aid. 
yes, this is what a lot of companies want you. They want you to believe that you have no choice but to work 24 seven. And there are a lot of people that just have good common sense walking in and they, they'll look around and say, this place is crazy. You know, this just doesn't make sense. And um, I think it's important to make sure that you uh, have a good balance between recognizing what needs to be done here and listening to your own gut and your own common sense and your own wisdom. And usually when I'm working with people that are super stressed out and, you know, are those people that are quote unquote successful, but not satisfied, it's because, you know, they bought into the stress culture. They bought into the go, 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 go 24 seven. And yes, they're, you know, they're having an impact, but they're also sacrificing a lot personally to do that. And, you know, I always think like, what is success if you don't have like the time and energy to enjoy it? You know, it's worthless, quite frankly, you know, and I think a lot of people will find that that, oh, they got the raise or they got the promotion. Um, but that just means they're going to have to work harder and work more hours. And, you know, I would just really try to help people like step back and say, you know, what's the objective? What, what's expected of me? And how can I make an impact here without, you know, leaving a pound of flesh, you know, back in the office? Like that's, that should not be necessary. And it, when there are cultures that encourage that, that's not sustainable. It is absolutely not sustainable. And, you know, for a lot of companies, you'll see that there's a lot of burnout or there's a very toxic culture that you know encourages that you know shark-like behavior of like eat or be eaten right and that just doesn't make sense right because when people are you know when they're sort of in that like fight or flight mode of like eat or eat or be eaten that is not where like brilliant new innovative ideas come from this is not where people get super motivated to take more on they're just trying to survive and it's just not it's not a good environment but you know, my my advice going back to your question is like, hold on to what you know to be true and step back and recognize that sometimes, you know, places and systems are toxic and believe what you see and realize that you have choices. You can set boundaries, you know, and it may be hard sometimes to say no or to you know, do things in a, a way that's counter to a toxic culture, but you've got to protect yourself. It's, it's critical. And if but you can't, everyone's doing it, Terry. Yeah. Yeah. I, you sure. know, I got pressure from my mom. She's like, yeah. you're making 80 grand a year and mm -hmm. you you're doing amazing. This is great. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, yeah. in our family. And it's like, oh my gosh, like how do you yeah. turn off the noise? to listen mm -hmm. to yourself and be creative because yes. that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, it's funny because sometimes, um, you know, people will look at their work situations as black or white, right? That it's, it's either like you're going to stay here and you're going to have to drink the Kool-Aid and buy into a toxic culture um, or, you know, you have to leave. And, you know, sometimes it does make sense to leave, but, before somebody makes that decision, I always say like, well, why don't you try to make it work for you? Why not try to put boundaries in place or to tolerate people's pressure for a while until, you know, they realize that they're not going to change the way that you're working. 
you know, because we do have choices. You know, people will say to me, I have no choice but to check my, you know, email 24 seven. And I'm like, why don't you give it a try? Why don't you tell your boss or tell people that you're working that you will not be checking emails until, you know, Sunday night at eight o'clock or that you will respond first thing on Monday morning to anything that comes to you, you know, because honestly, what's what's going to get done over the weekend? You know, and if that is an expectation that you're going to be working 24 seven and then, you know, the question is, you know, I would want to test that to be like, well, can I just work Monday through Friday and still keep my job? And if I can't, do I even want this job? Right. Because, you know, if you're smart enough to get paid and, and talented enough to get paid 80 grand at a company that's toxic like that, there are probably other companies that aren't as toxic that would also value you and pay you that much money, too. You know, yeah. so just yeah, have but to sometimes you don't realize it because you're yeah. in the middle of it. Sure. And I I found that being on you know that authentic. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why that was hard for me to say. <laughs> I found like I found that being authentic to me was the answer to my problem. Sure. Um at that time, because I worked with doctors and you know, <clears throat> people kind of have this thing like doctors must be addressed like you know I don't know it's just Mm -hmm. no I know I mean I've seen it that people put like the authority figures up on a pedestal and then you know you've got to listen to everything they say even if it's not in their area of expertise right and not all doctors I'm saying this group Mm -hmm. well that's how the corporate world made it seem because they Mm -hmm. wanted us to go in at a certain way but when I went in as myself, sure. they actually liked me. They were of course like, they did. this is refreshing because everybody else is like, you know, they don't want to eat around us. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to laugh around us. And we're mm-hmm. people. Yeah, they're like- just human beings. Right. And, you know, I can I can tell you from, you know, my career in corporate that, you know, everybody ages, right? You just get up and you go to work every day and you know, if you're doing a good job, a lot of times you move up in the organization. And I know when I got to a certain level, when I was leading marketing for a business that sometimes younger people would approach me with that, like, you know, like I had an aura like, oh, and I, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, it feels so weird. Cause you're like, I'm just a person. And there was a time in my career when I was doing a job similar to what you're doing. There's nothing special about me besides the fact that I just worked a long time and I learned along the way, right? Like I, there's nothing magical about me. You can just talk to me. I'm not a unicorn, you know? <laughs> so how does a person recognize this, that they are successful, but not satisfied? Give me one or two things that they need to be looking at because you, you don't know. You really, so when you're, you don't well, know. Well, I know. do think that they typically know, like usually yeah. at their heart or gut level, right? That, and here's usually what will happen is that people will put off gratification. You know, they're working hard, they're sacrificing, they're saying, I got to pay my dues, I got to get this done. And, you know, and that's, that's fine, right? Like they, they uh, are working harder and they get the promotion or they get the raise and then they get it and they're like, oh, I thought I was going to feel different when I got this. I thought I was going to be happy when I got the VP promotion. And guess what? Like things feel a little disappointing or dissatisfying, right? Because, 
you know, it's exciting to get a raise. It's exciting to get promoted, but you still, you know, you're still the same person and you'll get used to, you know, the extra money in your paycheck. You still have to get up and do that job. And if you're finding that it's not motivating, that you're feeling really burnt out, if you feel like you just don't have enough gas in the tank to keep getting up and doing it, you really need to step back and ask yourself, like, what would make me feel more satisfied? Like, what's the problem here? Um, you know, I've worked with people, I worked with one person, and I wrote about her in my book that she worked at this company for uh, like 15, 20 years, something like that. She had started there when she first got out of college, and she had moved her way up to be a team leader. So she had like seven people on her team, and they all, she was sort of a player coach. You know, so she did the same thing as the people on her team, but she was responsible for managing them. And so if anybody ever ran into any problems, you know, she would just jump in, right? She could just take a project off their plate and do it herself, but she did a great job and she got promoted to director of the whole department. And the whole department was 50 people. It was multiple teams, you know, that, so she was a manager of managers. And when she uh, took on that role, she tried to manage the team of 50 the same way that she had managed her team of a total of eight people you know so she was trying to get overly involved in the day-to-day -day work of people and she had been doing this job for about six months when we started working together and one of the first things that she said to me was like i'm working 70 hours a week i'm taking work home on the weekends i have two kids i never get to see them because i'm working all weekend my husband's having to do all the stuff that normally i would do and I'm actually thinking about asking to be demoted to my old job. And, <laughs> and I said, well, don't do that yet. <laughs> Let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. And like the issue was that she had not mentally promoted herself to realize that she had authority over, you know, these 50 people. And she had authority over deciding how, how work got done. She had authority over deciding what she should work on and what she should delegate. She had to get comfortable with the whole idea of delegating. You know, a lot of times I see people that will say, especially if they've moved up from an individual contributor role, they'll say, oh, it's just quicker for me to do it. But you know what, guess what? It's not quicker for you to do it, you know, times 50, right? You cannot jump in and, you know, do the work of, of 50 people when they're not living up to expectations, you need to learn new skill sets. And so, you know, she did, she learned, she learned this stuff, but, um, and, and she did finally like lean in and step into the authority of her role. And she was able to cut down the num number of hours that she was working, um, by significantly, you know, so she could spend time with her family on the weekends and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's it's a combination of really mindset and skill set, right? So in her case, it was really recognizing that she had the authority to, if things weren't working, she had the authority to, to change them. You know, like a, just an example is that, you know, she was sort of complaining to me about how she it took her so long to put this report together like some of her direct reports had to give her data and everybody gave it to her in a different format and so it would take her hours to sort of like put everything together and i was like well you know why not provide the format to your direct reports you know i mean it, but it's 
I mean, I know it sounds simple, but a lot of times people don't realize, especially if they're moving into a position and this is the way it was always done before, they're like, oh, this is the way you do it. But then it's like, well, guess what? You get to decide that, you know, and you've got the authority to tell people how to do their jobs if you don't feel like they're doing it in a way that's effective for the department. And what works for you too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, but that's, that's the whole idea of mentally promoting yourself to that um, to that level. So, you know, I, what I would say, I guess, is that she's an example of somebody when we first started working together, she was successful. She got promoted. She got a big raise. She was an authority within the organization, but she was far from satisfied. She was actually killing herself. She literally was killing herself, right? Like she was, she was ready to walk away from probably tens of thousands of dollars in, you know, extra compensation. And if she had said, demote me, that probably would have been the end of her opportunity to move up in the company. Yeah, um, it probably would have kind of put a little marker on her a little bit. Absolutely. Like if she, she saw something else, she wouldn't They have would have been like, oh, she wimped out on that one opportunity that she had, right? Right. Because um, she just didn't recognize like what was at her disposal to make it work. Right. right. But, you know, I also, like I said, she had not mentally promoted herself to that level. And I see that a lot with people where, you know, they maybe at the heart of things is that they don't value themselves enough. Like they think like, oh, well, who am I to tell somebody else what to do? Even if they're the boss, they think like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's such a small thing. I'll just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I say to people all the time, like, really figure out what's your highest value work. If you're, if you're in a, you know, managerial or leadership role, think about what's the highest value work that you need to be working on. What's the thing that nobody else can do you know, that's what you should be working on and then train people under you to do the other things that. Well, it's like at home. Yeah. So I have a 12 year old, a 10 year old and a mm-hmm. seven year old. And to keep me from being, because right now I work from home and I'm pretty much a stay at home mom. I take them where they have to go. Mm-hmm. So for me to manage the house, I feel like there's little things that I don't need to be doing, like washing your clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or, or washing the dishes or sweeping the mm-hmm. floor every 15 minutes because right. something. So you think about it, like, like you said, that's a mindset too, because some moms would say the same thing, like, sure. oh, but they don't clean it good enough. So I, I could do it better. Right. Or, you know. It's the same to me. It feels the same. It is the same. (laughs) It is the same, you know, and it's funny that you bring that up because that's sort of an example that I use in the book is, you know, I'm being a mom. I have to, I think in these mom analogies, it's sort of like, you know, when you have a baby, you feed them their baby food, right? You're feeding it to them, but eventually you give them the spoon and they feed themselves. Now, when they're two or three years old, they're covered with food, right? They got food in their hair. They've got like, it's a mess, right? But we don't not give them the opportunity to feed themselves because it's messy, right? Because otherwise, you know, they might be 12 years old and or 15 years old and we're like, oh, here, let me cut your food up for you. Oh, open up. Here comes the airplane, right? Like we don't do that. Like we did, they have to go through that phase of learning in order to be able to do it themselves. And that's the same thing when you have people that work for you within an organization. And if we've spent too much time, 
you know, saying, oh, like step aside, I can do it quicker. Like we actually demotivate people from even learning. They start saying like, oh, wow. I'm afraid that she's going to push me out of the way. Why should I even start? Why should I learn? She's just going to step in and do it for me anyway. You know, we've got to give people ownership and let them get the food in their hair. <laughs> you know, right. Like you can, you can clean it out. It's okay. Right. That's but right. if, if we never give them the opportunity to learn and then we're going to be stuck with everything forever. And the book that she's talking about, everyone, is Winning the Game of Work, Career, Happiness, and Success on Your Own Terms. We're going to provide that information so you guys can pick that up. You see, she has some very valuable information um, to give you guys. So, And I love good books because sometimes <laughs> we, we need a refresher. I, that is my dream, to sit in a, a, a circular room with books that I could just... <laughs> that I could just pick up and read. Um, you mentioned something in our meeting um, the first time about how the answers to your problems surround us. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I, I've seen it very often where, you know, people, I'll ask them, what is it that you want in your life? And they, they say it one of two things. They'll say, I don't know. They'll say it sort of forlorn, like, I don't know what I want. Or they'll say, I know what I want, and here's all the reasons why I can't have it. <laughs> and I think that all of us do, like, deep down inside, we know what we want. But a lot of times we have a very effective coping mechanism that protects us from being disappointed, where we don't even allow the things that we want to sort of surface. Um, or maybe we sort of lie to ourselves a little bit and we'll say, I don't know what I want when we really do know what we want in our heart of hearts, but we don't want to say it because we're afraid that it won't happen and we'll be hurt or disappointed. And, you know, for the people that are brave enough to say it, but then start off saying, well, here's all the reasons why I can't have it. You know, you have to, you know, you have to have an MBA, you have to, you know, they only hire, you know, people over 40 for that kind of job. You have to have worked at the company for so long, whatever, right? I always say, separate these two things, right? Separate what you want from how you're going to get it. Because the reality is that we are all surrounded by possibilities, you know, like, all, you know, you know, that, uh, that game six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, like where there's only so many, like you say, like, who knows, who knows, who knows Kevin Bacon, right? And, you know, how, how quickly can you connect yourself to Kevin Bacon? I think it's about like what movies he's been in, because he's been in so many movies. But anyway, um, we're all connected. And sometimes we're connected a lot more closely than what we realize. And, you know, people will get it in their mind like, oh, well, I have to go on Indeed or LinkedIn and I have to apply and I don't have my resume together and this is how I get a new job. And if you state the thing that you want and you start thinking outside the box about like, what are different ways that I can start exploring how I might get this? I've had numerous clients that have gotten job offers without ever applying on LinkedIn or Indeed. In fact, they didn't even know sometimes that there was a job. They just started going out there and saying, hey, I'm starting to think about the next chapter of my career. Or they, they said to their boss, like, I'm interested in advancement. Like, what are some things that I need to do to make that happen? Like, you just plant the seed, right? You let others know, you know, what, what you would like to happen. 
And, um, you know, not everybody's going to be supportive, but a lot of people are. And sometimes the thing that you want intersects with, with what somebody else's need is. And, you know, people. I was, gonna, I was going to say that because what you're thinking, there's a synergy that happens. And what you're thinking that needs to happen, someone's already thinking that. And maybe they're just waiting on you to make the move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had it happen like where um, one time I I was relatively new. It, it was at my last company and it was actually that job that my boss was like, here, I want you to take this job. And I was like, I don't really want that job. And she was like, I really want you to have it. <laughs> so anyway, I was like relatively new and I was just getting to know the team. And one of the people on the team, he was he had a digital marketing and he ended up leaving and he did have like a junior person that reported to him. But I didn't know I didn't know the people that well. I was still getting to know them. And so I just, you know. I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to post this, you know, post this job and get somebody else in here. And somebody came to me and said, well, how about Matt? You know, he's actually pretty smart and he's getting his MBA. Like he might be good. And I was like, oh, wow, I never really even thought of that. You know, so sometimes it's just a matter of like raising your hand or somebody Mm -hmm. like giving you the idea and you're like, wow, okay. I just wasn't thinking. I mean, I was sort of distracted because I was kind of new and you know, I, because I didn't know that guy, but he ended up um, getting the promotion and uh, he was great. I mean, he's still somebody that I think I'm still in touch with him and think really highly of him. He's really smart, smart guy. But, um, you know, sometimes if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's something. And, and also the confidence to ask too, is something that, you know, some people struggle with too. And I, I, you know, that's a mindset change of I deserve what I'm asking for. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like to think of confidence as uh, the expectation of a positive outcome. Like that's, that's where confidence comes from that you, that you walk into a situation and you expect that something positive is going to come out of it. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's the exact thing that you had in mind. And in fact, when we're starting to talk with people, I always think that it's important to, um, you know, not be necessarily like too specific about like, well, let's just say, for example, if you're networking, right, not to go in and be like, I'm looking for a digital marketing, you know, senior account director job, whatever, I'm just making that up. But to say, hey, I'm starting to think about the next chapter of my career, I have an interest in digital marketing. And I notice that that's what you do or what your company does. And I'd love to have a conversation, like just make it more open ended. Because Sometimes if we get too specific, we box ourselves out of something that's better, you know, and I, I'll tell you like one time when I was, um, when I was in my twenties, I actually applied for a marketing manager job. I got called in for the interview. The interviewer did not, I guess he didn't think that I was like a perfect fit for the job, but he said to me, um, you know, I'm not sure if you're a good fit for this job, but I have another job, which is a print production manager. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, sure, I'll talk to you about it. And so it ended up that I did get the job offer, but I remember him him saying, well, how much money would you like to, you know, what what are you looking for? And I, I threw a number out there and he was like, well, 
um, I actually need to pay you $2,000 more than that because the person that was in the role before, that's how much he was making, right? And I was like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's like if we're too specific, we might actually, you know, be boxed out of an opportunity that's sort of adjacent and gets us, you know, closer to our goal. Right. There's an affirmation that I always say is that if this is not for me, then I receive its equivalent or better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, to leave it open so that, you know, because sometimes you just have that tunnel vision to what you want. And like you say, it, it, it's just not what, it's, it's, at the time that you grow, it's, you know, at this time it should, it could be good. Mm -hmm. But then when you grow at that time, what you wanted then doesn't meet your needs. Right, exactly. And but I also think that, you know, just the journey is worthwhile because yeah. maybe you learn something or like people at that company get to know you or you meet somebody along the way and they like are three companies past that, like maybe in two years, they've worked at two or three companies and they remembered you and they call you. Actually, this happened with one of my clients recently where she had interviewed at a company like a year and a half or two years ago. She didn't end up getting the job, but the person who was the hiring manager has gone to another company. And my client also has gone to another company, but they're, they're on LinkedIn and the hiring manager was at a new company. And she reached out to my client and said, you know, I've got a couple openings that I think would be a good fit for you. And so she, um, you know, she went in and interviewed with them. She actually didn't get the job, but you know, the, the, uh, the person told her like, we're growing and I'm going to keep you in mind for other things that we've got here, you know? So you just never know. I, I like to think of it as connecting dots. Right. And a lot of times we're just so goal oriented where it's, you know, going back to like being a black and white thinker, right? Like it's either, it's either yes or no, or it's, it's now or never. Right. And that's not the case. It's, it's just like, hey, we're out there meeting people, we're learning things, we're growing, and these connections that we make can continue to be connections that can help us, um, and it's just a matter of, like, how do we look at it? You know, right. do we look at it like, hey, I'm learning, and I'm, I'm meeting people, and I'm enjoying myself along the journey? Like, it can oh, really shift your energy tremendously. Yes. So, um, and this is our last question. How do you, so this, to me, I'm, I'm thinking about going into a job, um, regular interacting face-to-face -face with people. Mm -hmm. So in today, you know, times, there are some people that work from home. How can sure. you separate these things? Is there uh, a way to do that? Because you can get burnout at home and... Absolutely. I mean, I think that I think that um, it's important to, you know, step back and think about what do I want my life to look at look like, you know, what are my values? How do I how do I live my values? Um, and to start with that, and then decide intentionally how you want to structure your your work and your life. Um, you know, during COVID, I worked with a lot of people that had worked in the office and then they were working from home. And, you know, many people struggled with the issue of like overworking, right? Are they like, oh, well, you know, I'm commuting two hours less a day, so I'll just work two more hours, right? But, you know, I know one of my clients, she was like, I use my 
dining room table is my office. And so every time I walk by and I see the computer, even if it's 10 o'clock at night, I'm stopping to check emails. And I really encouraged her to set a solid boundary, right? To decide. I mean, it's not up to me to say, turn off your computer at five or six or seven, but I just said, you decide what is reasonable. And then if it's six o'clock is when work is over, close your computer, unplug it, turn it off and say to yourself, like, I'll be back at 830 in the morning, right? Like, that's okay. Just like what we would do if we were going into the office and coming home, right? Like set those boundaries for yourself. And I think what's important, I know a lot of people will have anxiety around that because they're worried, but I think that it's important to look at the evidence and to say to yourself, like, when I have time to rest and to recharge and to unplug from work, when I show up in the morning, am I bringing more energy to it? Am I being more efficient? Am I more positive? If the answer is yes, and then the investment of that time to, to care for yourself and to spend time with your friends and family is worth it. I mean, we're yeah. human. We need balance. And see, I'm like her um, in our the living situation now. I always see the computer, but I loved it when I could shut the door because mm -hmm. then my mind would turn off. But sure. then I, I totally understand. And it's not about, I don't know if it was about worry. Yeah, fear of missing something. Because mm -hmm. when you work for yourself, it's all about how fast you correspond sometimes. And yeah. you get things done. And so I'm like, am I missing an email? Is yeah. someone trying to instant message me now? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And I, I think that, um, you know, we could very easily work 24 seven, 365. We could to so easily do that. Technology enables us to do that. Um, but the cost of that is, you know, that downtime, that time to just rest, to, to like dream, to imagine, to connect to enjoy, you know, and there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in that. There, there's a reason why, you know, creative people or just people in general will get some of their best ideas in the shower, right? Yeah. Or when you're first waking up in the morning. Sleep is work. Like Sleep is work to me. <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I can't get an answer, I'm like, let me go lay down. That's right. What, and do you find that you wake up and you're like, you've got the idea, your subconscious is, you know, you got to give your subconscious like that's our connection to, you know, the higher power to the universe is our connection is our subconscious, you know, and so often we're like up here in our like conscious, like, go, 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 that mm -hmm. we don't, we don't plug into the the power source, right? Like there's a lot of power there. If we yeah. just take the time to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to, or I'm going to lean back and just let it, let it flow through me. I mean, it's funny because I've, I have, uh, you know, read about songwriters and artists and, and authors sometimes that say, I don't really like to take credit for my work because I do not feel like I, created it. I feel like I'm a vessel through which this came. Right. Absolutely. And they just sort of like download it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's, we all have that right and ability to do that. Like we're, we're, we all are plugged in to the source. It's just a matter of whether we recognize it and whether we trust it enough to believe that it, it loves us and, you know, is benevolent, which it is. 
Yeah, yes. I, I'm a I'm a full time writer, and like I said, I get all even when I do the podcast. I wake up in the morning and I'll be like, okay, so this is what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> and I've written a book in 24 hours because just like you said, boop, 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 it just comes down. And yep. I don't feel, res- I just, all I did was write what I heard. So mm-hmm. uh, on that, you know, I just want to ask, okay, this is my last question. <laughs> <laughs> so when I just hear you say something that I kind of talk about a lot and some don't understand when I say, hard work is a trauma because it's really easy to do yeah. what you're saying yeah. to do, but we think we have to be doing something. Yeah. 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 Like going to sleep and, and that's getting so, the answer. That's so interesting. I never had heard that hard work is a trauma, but I totally get it. Um, and what I think is that what we should be striving for if if even striving is even the right word is being in the flow right and we have to recognize that we are all gifted we all have this connection we all have gifts that were given to us and when we start to believe that that's true and that we're worthy and that we're capable and we just sort of it's it's sort of like you know kids learning to swim and when i can remember being you know like five six seven years old and you know my dad trying to teach me how to float on my back in the pool i did not want to trust that if I just relaxed and laid back that I could float, you know, I was fighting it. And so therefore I kept falling under the water and getting water up my nose and feeling like I was going to drown. But when I finally just relaxed and, you know, laid back, I floated. And this is the same thing with being in the flow is to, you know, don't fight it. Don't judge yourself. Don't tell yourself that you're not worthy as you are. Don't tell yourself that you got to gut it out and leave a pound of flesh every time you do work. That is not what you were brought to earth for. I mean, we're not, we're not brought here to, you know, slave away all day. We're, we are brought here to let our natural gifts flow and to share those with other people right so care for yourself so that can happen that's what's up i love that totally all right guys listen we just had terry mcdougall in the house please go pick (laughs) up that book winning the game of work career happiness and success on your own terms because i'm going to get it and put it in my library and where else can we get in touch with you terry let us know right now. Well, people can go to my website, which is terrybmcdougall.com. And I've got a blog out there, information on my coaching, lots of other stuff. A couple chapters of my book are out there. Um, I am very active on LinkedIn. My handle on LinkedIn is terrybmcdougall. I'd be happy to get connected with any of your listeners. And I also have a podcast, which is on the topic of marketing. It's actually talking to marketers and people around um, the profession of marketing, because that's what I did for my career. And I love creative, cool people with lots of great ideas. And the name of my podcast is Marketing Mambo. And it's on all of the podcast platforms. And also it's got its own website at marketingmambo.net. Look at that multi-talented. I bet she got all that in her sleep, y'all. Watch, I'm telling you. 
Thank you guys for joining us today. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at graceguidance at gmail.com. My website is up and I have my writings up. I do affirmations daily and I'm going to post a little snippet of this video before it's on my podcast. So if you want to see our faces and our happy smiles and this great networking opportunity, go to lovingyourselftolife.com. Okay, lovingyourselftolife.com. Like I say, stories and everything. And you can um, follow the blog because I do write a lot of interesting things, I might say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carrie, again for coming. Thanks, Latanya. This is Jay Chatfield, Loving Yourself to Life. As always, do something for you that only you will love. Have a love yourself day.